Well, glory to God. Amen. Come on, glory to God, church. Try to get this thing cooperating with me here. Thank God for technology. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Any of you guys glad you showed up to church today? Amen. Uh, you ought to get a little happier on that. We've been worshiping God all evening. We just had amazing word for, for offering. We ought to be excited. Amen. I mean, we're, we're in the house of God. We brought Jesus into this place with us today. How I many of y'all know the Holy Spirit is through here with us? He's, he's hovering over this place, just looking to sow some seeds into people's hearts. Amen. He's looking to grow some people. He's looking to mature some people. Glory to God. He's looking to change us. Anyone like to be changed? Anyone like the Holy Ghost to be cutting on you? Oh, well, good deal. So do I, church. I, I love it. I love the Holy Ghost to be able to minister unto us. Amen. And I can tell you, I sincerely, I am sincerely thankful, amen, to be here at this church. We absolutely adore this church. Amen. We love it. There's no other place outside, outside of Island Church in Dundalk and Island Church in Derry. There is no other place, amen, that, that we'd be rather sitting here hanging out with you guys, you know, ministering with you guys, communing with you guys, and I'd say even doing life with you guys, amen. My wife and I, we, we truly consider this to be a sister church of ours. We love it. We pray for this church, and we expect amazing things. We, we are thankful for everything you guys are doing in Dublin, amen, because I'm telling you, Dublin's going to be changed, amen. It's, 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 I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, Dublin will be changed, amen. They say all roads lead to Dublin, amen. Amen, this needs to go to All Nations Church first, then out, amen, and there's going to be some amazing things happen here. All right, all right, all right. Now I'll tell you, looking at all the things you have going on here, I can see you guys definitely haven't slowed down at all here, but, uh, but praise God for a church that's full of the Spirit and full of the Word, and I would say, I would say I'm thankful unto your pastors, uh, Pastor John and Joanna, I'm telling you, these guys are are hard-pressed, and they're, 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 they're doing work. They're people that don't give up, and I'm telling you, we love those two. We'll do anything for them. And I say, you are blessed to have those two as your pastors, amen? You are blessed to have those two here. Now, for you people, a lot of you out here, I don't recognize your faces since we haven't been here in four years, I guess, since we, since we stepped out of this church. I know it's been a long time. But, uh, but for you that don't know us, amen, uh, Pastor Kilmer and I, it's my beautiful wife sitting there on, on the front row, you know, we, uh, we've been missionaries in this nation for about six years. We, we come from the U.S., we come from a little state called Texas, and, uh, and God sent us over here to this wonderful nation to, to give us a home, to, to give us an inheritance, and and when he moved us over here to Dublin City, you know, we had this bright idea that we're going to come here, we're going to plant a church. And we actually went to, went to a service there in Smithfield, if any of y'all remember where, that, where the church was over there before they knocked it down. Glory to God, we just drove by that today. I can't believe what they built there. But anyhow, we went to that little small church. We packed in like 200 people in this little small facility. And, uh, you know, Kimberly and I, were, we're all excited, looking to see what God was going to do. And, you know, God said, you know, I don't want you to plant a church. I, I want you to serve here at this church. Amen. So we, so we got to come in and, and sit underneath, you know, Pastor John Joanne. And I have to tell you, although we didn't necessarily think it was maybe the greatest thing to do at the beginning, but, but we learned so much from those two. I mean, I'm telling you, Pastor John, Joanna, we got to learn the culture of this nation through Irish pastors, amen? It, it was amazing. It was amazing the things that we learned here. And I'll tell you another thing we learned is uh, 
not all churches have to look like an American church. Amen. I, I find outside of finding some of our best friends and Pastor John and Joanna, we, we found something true that not everything has to look like an American church. You say, what do I mean by that? Listen, you, you, can, you can congregate and we can still have church like Jesus wanted us to have it. Listen, I'm thankful for what we're doing in, in America. I'm, I'm thankful for all those things. But, but listen, I love how Jesus likes to build a family in a church. Amen. Because see, this is what we're building. You're not just building a place to come hang out in. I mean, that's not what church is about. It's not a social environment. I mean, it's a place where we can come and you can become a family with one another, grow up in what God has for us to do, and then go outside the four walls of this church and then go change the world, amen? This is what the Lord has for us, amen? But we got to begin to yield unto it. We have to begin to yield unto it, amen? We need to begin to, you know, have that liberty to grow, amen? To be changed, liberty to fail, liberty to be corrected, and liberty to have it all done in love, amen? And, th and this is what it's all about, because this, this, until we can yield unto that, this is, we're not going to be able to train up that next generation. They're, just, they're talking about teachers and, and things that we need in this church. Listen, we're not going to be able to do that efficiently and effectively until we begin to submit to do these things of ourselves. We, we need to allow correction. We need to allow change. We need to allow the Holy Ghost to come and, and, and do his work on the inside of us. Church, we all need it. Amen. I still need it. I mean, I'm still looking for these things in my life to where I can be completely molded into my Savior, into my Lord and my King. Hmm? How many of y'all know this is what we're called to do? We're called to train up the next generation. Hmm? Lads like this sitting here, this, this, this is what we're called to do. This is what Jesus is he's saying. Listen, I need, I need you so trained up. I need you so full of the Holy Ghost, full of power, so, so the young ones sitting around you, you can make them better than you are. Amen. So they, they can be a better Christian than you are. You know, they can, they can get more people saved than you can. They lay hands on more sick and get more people healed than you. They get more revelation than you do. Amen. But we, but we got to put ourselves in the position to where we can yield ourselves unto him, to where we can step into those things. I mean, everything is like a step-by-step -step in the process of the kingdom. We got we to we go to the first step to where the next step comes. We got to yield into what God has for us before we can continue and move on. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we, if we, want, if we want greater revelation, if we want to posture ourselves ourselves, how many of y'all know there's no such thing as a, as a halfway Christian? Hmm? See, a lot of the church, this is what we think nowadays. You know, I'll be a Christian on Sunday morning. I'll be a Christian, you know, on Wednesday or whatever else day we meet. I'll be a Christian sometimes in the week, but, but I'm, I'm going to be a halfway Christian. Listen, church, there's a, there a rap song I used to like back in the day. Amen. I don't remember who it was by, and if I did, I probably wouldn't tell you anyhow. But he says, there's no such thing as a halfway crook. I mean, how many of you know there's no such thing as a halfway crook? You're either a crook or you're not. You're a thief, you either rob or you don't. Amen. And this is the same thing with the church. You're either a Christian or you're not. I mean, you're either sold out to the things of God, or you're not. Amen? You're, you're either going to step into what God has for you, or you're not. Amen? And we got to get to be those people we are completely pressed in, allowing ourselves to be molded in to everything that he has for us. I mean, you know, Jesus wants to, to take you. He wants to grab you. He wants to start shaving things off of you so he can make you into who you're called to be. You say, well, who are we called to be? Well, listen, he, he tells us throughout the whole word. What, what does he tell us in Mark 15? You know, chapter, you know, chapter 16, 15, 17, and 18. What, what is he telling us there? He says to go into all the world. I mean, I can look out here and I see so many different faces here. You know, you've gone all across the world. You've come to this place I called Ireland. Why are you here? Why are you here? 
Oh, I'm just here to study. No, 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 no. Now, what did Jesus say we're here for? He says, you go into all the world and you preach the gospel to every living creature. Those that believe, amen, are baptized, they shall be saved. And then that believe not, they're going to be condemned. And then he gets real good. He says, you know what? Then there's going to be signs that follow the believers. Amen. You know what a sign does? It points, it points you to the direction you're going. He says, listen, there'll be signs that follow each and every one of you that believe. Are there any believers in this place? Amen. let me see your hands. Amen. We need signs following us. Jesus said, listen, if you believe on me, there's going to be signs. What are those signs? What are those signs? He says, in my name, when you speak in my name, when you get in unity with my name, he says, you're going to cast out devils. He says, you will speak in new tongues. He says, if you, if you ta you'll take up serpents. If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. He said, you will lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. He didn't say, you shall lay your hands on the sick. And man, I surely hope they get well. Oh, I hope it's God's will that they get well. No, no, no. And he said, if you're one of my believers, he said, there's going to be a sign that follow each and every one of you. He said, you're going to go put your hands on the sick. And he says, they're gonna, you're going to raise them from the dead. You're going to cast out cancers. You're going to cast out COVID. You're going to cast out anything that's not of me. Why? Because you're simply a believer. You're simply a believer. Then he tells us in John chapter 14, verse 12, what is he says, listen, the, you know, those that believe on me, there, there we go again. So he keeps on talking about this thing. He's like, I need believers. If you're a believer on me, the same works that I'm doing. Hmm? The same works that I do, you shall do also. Even greater works than these, because I'm going to the Father. You say, well, man, man Ryan, what, what, are these, what, are these, what are these great works? What are greater works than Jesus? Listen, we need to start focusing on doing what Jesus did. Amen. Then we'll see these greater works come upon us. Amen. But we, we got to get into this place where, where we have an expectation for him to, to move upon us, to heal the sick, to transform generations. Listen, church, why? Because we're believers. Amen. We don't, we don't just pick and choose. Like, like, like uh, Patricia was saying here, we don't, we, don't, we don't just pick and choose what we want to believe in the word of God. No, this, this, this is the word of God. This is, this is the Logos word that Jesus has spoke. Everything through it has been inspired by, the God, by God himself, amen? We don't just pick and choose what we want to believe and what we don't want to believe. We have to believe the whole thing, amen? We have to believe the whole thing, amen? Because God is that good if we'll just begin to yield to it, amen? So why is it? Why is it that we can see people, we see the church, we believe in these things. We believe in what Jesus has asked us to do, but why we see so few churches operating in them? See, this is, this is, the, this is the kind of the question I want to say. I want, I want to come to here and, and preach a great faith message or, or, or something like that, but listen, this isn't the direction that the Holy Ghost has been leading me to go to. Amen. Why, why is it that churches aren't doing these things that Jesus has asked us to do? Hmm? Why, why is the majority of the body of Christ not, not coming into line with these things? Why is the majority of the body of Christ not walking down the streets in our shadows healing people? Why, why isn't this happen? Oh, because that was just for the apostles. Really? He said signs shall follow who? The apostles? Oh, only signs are going to follow Paul. It's only going to follow Peter. No, he says anyone that believes. So why aren't we walking down the streets and people being lifted? Why aren't, why aren't the crowds coming just because, you know, you're, you carry such the glory of God? Why, why aren't these things happening? Why, why aren't people following in what we're doing? Hmm? I'll tell you the reason why. Because most of us look just like the world. Hmm? 
We're not outside healing the sick because we're dealing with the same things they're doing. I mean, we're, we're dealing with depressions. We're, we're, we're dealing with anxieties. We're, we're dealing with addictions. We're dealing with afflictions. We're dealing with sicknesses. We're, we're dealing with diseases. How is the world going to ever come to us when we look just like them? Huh? How can, we get, how can the world come to you and say, listen, oh, I know that's a Christian right there. What, what, you look just like me. How do they know you're a Christian? How do they, they know that we're actually a disciple, a follower of him? Hmm. I'm going to tell you, church, this is a, you're, going to find, you're going to find out why I don't get, I don't get asked to, to go to too many preachers in church outside of my own. Amen. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to speak to you about the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to tell you, church, there's waves coming. Amen. I'm, telling, I'm, not, I'm not here to pet your flesh. I'm not here to, to, to make you feel all, all, all sweet on the inside. I'm going to tell you that there is waves coming. Amen. You say, what am I talking about? There, there's waves of, they're, gonna, they're coming upon, upon this earth, and they're going to come stronger, and they're going to come more in, with more intensity, and they're going to come quicker and quicker and quicker, amen, until the day that, that Jesus comes back to this place. Amen. We have got to get ourselves prepared for this. We have got to get ourselves prepared in what the Lord has for us because regardless if you want them to come, they are, they are coming. The Bible likens these things as birth pains, amen? What does a birth, what does a birth pain look like? I don't know, but I could probably ask my wife. But listen, they, they start off very, very far apart, amen? And the closer of the birthing coming, they come with a little more intensity then a lot more intensity and closer and closer and closer together, Amen. These aren't things to be scared of. Listen, she didn't get, she wasn't in fear when, when, when the baby was about to come. No, a joy will start to come upon her. Amen. And this is where we need to be in the church. We need to have a joy coming upon us, even when junk is starting to, to come around. Because I'm telling you, Romans chapter 8 tells us that, 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 that the world is preparing itself and it's looking for the sons and daughters of God to be raised up. It's looking for you. It's looking for the sons and daughters of God to be raised up. Amen. To be revealed into this world. Who's going to put a stop to these things you are this is what you're called to do church i mean don't look at me in that tone of voice as i'm looking here listen church you're called to bring change you're called to bring the stop when the birth pains come listen when covid tries to roll back around we don't need to stop going to running away from these things acting like the world is we need to be the answer to the world when these things come Amen. Oh, you got COVID. Oh, oh, let me slip on my mask and run away from you. No, we need to go lay the hands on the sick and watch them recover. Why? Because we're believers. Because we're believers. But we got to be believers. <laughs> we got to be believers. I'm telling you, you know, COVID rolled through. That wave came through. Oh, it looks like, oh, Ireland has its first case of monkeypox. What, what in the world is that? Yeah, it's, it's another wave. It's another wave, and you're going to see these waves coming. Why? Because it's trying to get people in agreement with these things. Why? Because it's, it's, you know, Satan tries to silence the church. But Jesus gives you opportunity to push forth a victory on, on all things that the adversary is bringing. We just got to know the word. We got to know where we're pushing for. We, we, oh, church, we, we, got to, we got to begin to participate with the kingdom of God and stop participating with this world. Amen. We've got to be participating with the kingdom of God and stop participating with the curse. Hmm? Does anyone know what the curse is in here? 
See, listen, let me, I'm, I, I, I want to remind you guys, because see, sometimes I think we need to be reminded of what these things look like. Go with me here to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter, chapter uh, 28 here. Deuteronomy chapter 28. The Lord is so good, he prepares us on all things. Now listen to this. He says here in, in uh, verse 15, he says, But it shall come to pass that if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, observe to do all of his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, he says, all of these curses are going to come upon you. All of these curses are going to come upon you. And then he says, you're going to be cursed in the city. You're going to be cursed in the field. And he said, you're going to curse in your basket and in your story. He's talking about your prosperity. Amen. Because how many of you know that, 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 that poverty, amen, poverty is a curse of the law. Amen. Sickness and disease is a curse of the law. Amen. Now, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about the, the poverty type of stuff, but listen, listen, as we get, as you scroll on down, get here to verse 21, and it says, And the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto you, and you shall be cons- and, uh, and, until he has consumed thee from off the land, whither you goest and where you possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with consumption, with his, which is tuberculosis, and with fever, and with inflammation, and with the extreme burning, and with the sword, or with drought, and with, and with blasting, and with mildew, and, and and, you, and they shall pursue you until you perish. I mean, these things sound nasty. And if you, if you continue on, it says that, that, the, uh, uh, that the heavens over thy head shall be brass and the earth under you is going to be iron. iron. It's going to be hard to farm. It's going to be hard to, to reap a harvest on anything you put your hands to. And jump on down to verse 26. And it says, and thy carcasses, and thy carcass shall be meat unto the fowls of the air and unto the beasts of the earth, and no man shall fray thee away. Listen, listen to this out of the Amplified. It says, And your dead body shall be like food for the birds of the air, and the beasts of the earth, and there shall be no one to frighten them away. The Lord shall smite you with the boils of Egypt, and with tumors, and with scurvy, and with the itch. Good Lord, the itch. Which you, shall, which you cannot be healed. He says, The Lord will smite you with madness and blindness, and there be should dis- dismay and mind of heart. Now, let me clear something up for you here as, we, as we're going through these things. Now, listen, God, our Father, our Lord, is not sitting up on the throne in heaven with a lightning bolt in his hand waiting for you to make a mistake so he can throw a lightning bolt and destroy you to harm you, bring poverty upon you, bring sickness upon you. That is not our Father. Does anyone know that in here? I mean, I'm telling you, religion has lied to us for many years, but I'm telling you, that's not who our father is. The problem is we don't read, uh, we, we try to take about who our father is through the eyes of Moses and the eyes of many of the prophets in the past, but we're not, we're not called to read the Old Testament through those eyes. We're called to read the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus, amen? And we, we read the word through what? So once we, we read through the, the New Testament, we find out who Jesus is, who he's recreated us. Then we go back into the Old Testament and he'll begin to explain things. Amen, but we got to see all things through the eyes of Jesus and what and what he has for us, amen? So what, so what does this mean? You can go to the first part of that chapter. You'll see that, that the Father, he, he put forth promises. He put forth blessings. He said, listen, if you just adhere to all the things I have, listen, I got amazing things lined up for you. Just like talking about the tithe, I got amazing promises. But listen, you're going to have to participate with the way I ask you to do it. Not the way you want to do it. Do it the way I want to do it. And I got amazing promises for you. 
right? But see, if you don't want those promises, see, I'm going to tell you, church, many of us, we're, we're on the fork of the road, and this is, this is what he was trying to tell us. You're on the fork of the road. Listen, the blessings are on this side. The curse is on this side. Listen, I spoke into existence the blessing. I, I reached up. I started speaking for it. This is what I want for each and every one of you. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be prosperous. I want you to have divine healing on the inside of you. But it, it's down this path over here. But see, if you don't want to take that path, there is another path. And I'm going to speak that into existence too. I'm going to speak that. And that's, that's where the curse is. Amen. So you, 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 you choose this day whom you're going to serve. Amen. You want, you want, what do you want? You want the blessings or the cursings? You want life or in death? You know, God made it real easy for us. He says, listen, guys, choose life. Choose life. It's a lot easier. Choose life. Choose what I'm trying to bless you with. I mean, he's not trying to destroy us. He's trying to help us go down the right path. But see, when he spoke these things into existence, it opens up the door wide open for the adversary to come in and wreak havoc in your life. Amen. See, God will try to protect you. God will try to do everything he can. But listen, when we, when we, when we go down the paths of unrighteousness, church, it opens up the door for the adversary to do every single thing that God has spoken of. Well, that was in the Old Testament. That, that's in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy, oh, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm all good. I, I know what Galatians 3.13 says. We don't, we don't have to worry about this stuff, right? Or we don't have to worry about what this says. What, what does Galatians 3.13 say? It says that Christ hath what? He's redeemed us. It says Christ hath redeemed us from what? From the curse of the law. Because curse is any man who hangs upon the tree that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Not only do we get engrafted into the family, into the kingdom, what, what God spoke into Abraham, we got engrafted in that, listen, we get to have the Holy Spirit by faith. Amen. Why? Because Christ has redeemed us. I mean, isn't one thankful that God has redeemed us? Jesus came down here. We've been singing about it all day long. You know, Jesus came down here to redeem each and every one of us. Why? So we don't have to be yoked up to this law. We don't have to be yoked up to the curse. We don't have to have that upon us, amen? But listen, church, I'm going to tell you, his grace, however, the marvelous grace of God, the marvelous grace of God does not do away does not do away with the law of sin and death. It does not do away with the curse coming upon you. Amen? You say, what does that mean? His grace empowers us to do what? What does God's grace empower us to do? To walk in freedom. See, his grace doesn't walk us, uh, empower us to do whatever we want to do. His grace empowers us. He gives us his anointing, his power to walk in what? To walk in freedom from everything that the adversary has for you. Everything, not, not, not just one or two things. He wants to bring you freedom from every single thing, every single bondage, every snare that the adversary has for us. Listen, church, listen, we, li we live in a fallen world. Amen. We live in a fallen world with a fallen devil. Amen. How many of y'all know that? Amen. And now God is a good God. God loves you. He wants great things for you. But listen, we also have an adversary that lives in this realm as well. Amen. And he is fallen and he wants to do nothing more than to wreak havoc upon each and every one of your lives. The thing is, are we opening up the door for him to do it? Are we opening up the door for him to do it? Amen. So we've gotten to this place that, that, we, that we understand that, that Christ hath redeemed us from the law. Amen. He's redeemed us from the law of sin and death. Amen. But why has it become so normal in the church today that we walk, we walk in the curse? 
We get, we, we, you can go to just about any church nowadays, and what do you find out? Most people are walking around saying, you know what? You know, God is good. God loves us. God can heal if he'll heal. God, God is good. God loves me. Amen. I'm going to glorify him with the sickness or this disease I have. When all throughout his word, he tells us that was part of the curse. Why have we talked ourselves into the antithesis of what the word of God has to say? Why have we talked ourselves into those things? Why are we yielding to those things? I mean, I'm telling you, that's the path the adversary is trying to, to, to bring the church down. He, this isn't where God has us. He says, what? He's redeemed us. He's made us free from all these things. But listen, we're gonna have, we have the opportunity. We're going to have the opportunity. We have the opportunity. You're going to have it like snapping your fingers left and right for things that come against you to harm you. And, it, and, we, and I like to talk about sickness and disease because it seems like that's what a lot of people are struggling with. Amen. You are going to have the opportunity to prove forth that victory. Amen. Jesus isn't going to stop that. Why? Because he knows you have the victory. I'm telling you, Andy, yeah, someone's going to come against you. He goes, listen, I'm not going to take that away. I want you to destroy it. Why? Because of what I placed on the inside of you. We have the opportunity to show forth the victory that we have, but we are going to have to do it. Amen. We got to begin to stand in that authority, stand in that power that God has for us. You know, my wife, you know, when we first got married, she, she struggled with allergies a lot. You know, why? Because it was something her family had, right? It, you know, it runs in my family. It's just normal. So what happens every time the cedar trees bloom in, in Texas, she's going to start getting sinus infection and, and all these different things, coughing like the flu comes every single year like clockwork. Eat once, probably twice a year these things happen. Well, what happened? We, we walked outside of the denominational church that we were in. We, we fell into some, you know, uh, Holy Ghost-style church. We started learning about faith, started learning about God desires to heal us. Actually started word, uh, learning about what the Word of God has to say. And what happened? She stood up one day. She said, you know what? I don't have to put up with this anymore. I don't have to put up with this anymore. And we, she prayed about it. She started commanding these things to leave. And you know, you know this crazy thing that happened? They left. They left. But see, that doesn't mean that the adversary didn't still try to come and hinder her with those things again. A couple of years later, they come back and forth. She's, but see, my, my wife knows how to kick him in the rear end. I'm telling you, she's a devil slayer. I mean, she may be beautiful, but I'm telling you, she knows how to throw down. Amen. So what happens? He tries to come back with it again. She starts speaking to it, starts commanding it. What happens? They leave, they leave, they leave. Just because something leaves doesn't mean it's not going to try to come back. Why? Because Satan's always going to look for your weakness. He's going to always look for that crack in the door that he can get in if we will allow it. Amen. But listen, I don't want to necessarily talk to you about standing in faith or about the authority we have and walking and listening. I know y'all are a well-taught church around here. Y'all know these things. This is not the angle that the Holy Spirit wanted to come at you today. Amen. I, I, we are going to, we're going to minister on some things that, that, have, that have a little bit, that may, that, may, that may kind of twist on you a little bit. Amen. But I think sometimes we need a little bit of a twisting on the inside. You know, you say, what, 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 what is that about? I'm not going to talk about things that you know how to get delivered from. I want to talk about something you don't know how to get delivered from. Amen. These, these lingering things that we have moving in our bodies, these lingering things that we just, we said, you know what? I'm just going to put up with this. I, I don't know how to get rid of it. It must be God that's given me. I don't know, but I'm going to take possession of it because I've tried, I've prayed, I've pushed back and nothing's ever happened. Hmm? There's a reason for everything. There's a reason for everything. Amen. And these are some of the things that we want to address today. Amen. Now listen, listen, in Proverbs 26, 2, a powerful verse here out of the King James, it says, 
as the bird wandering and as the swallow by flying. It says, the curse causeless come not. It says, the curse causeless come not. Meaning the curse without a cause can't come. Listen to this out of the Passions translation. It says, an undeserved curse will be powerless to harm you. It says an undeserved curse will be powerless to harm you. It may flutter over your head like a bird, but it will find no place to hide. Why? Because the undeserved curse has no power. It has no power. But see, if the undeserved curse is powerless, how are we giving power to it? How are we giving power to it? Why? Because I'm telling you, I know people who are dealing with afflictions that they haven't gotten rid of. How are we giving power to it when we speak these things aren't leaving? And when we get prayed for, these things aren't leaving. I know, I know we, and some of us don't have the knowledge of what faith looks like. I know we don't have knowledge of, of, of authority in some of these things. I understand that. But I'm talking about the people. We know these things, but we're having a trouble getting them off of us. Why? If the, if the, if the, if the curse here. If it, if it has no power, if it has no power, the undeserved curse, if it's powerless, how are we giving power to it? Well, just, uh, I, think, I think that was you was that, that, uh, that gave James 4, 7 there. Amen. See, mo- most of the charismatic Pentecostal churches, we, we, know, we know half of this verse very well. She hit both sides of it. Amen. It says what? Most would say, oh, we just resist the devil. Man, he's going to flee. Oh, we're going to resist the devil. He's going to flee. I know what. I just got to resist. I got to confess. I got to push. I got to resist the devil and he'll flee. But why didn't he flee him? Because most of the church don't understand what the first side of that verse says. It says, submit thyself therefore unto God. Then resist the devil and he's going to flee from you. Listen, if you can't submit yourself unto the Holy One, unto Jesus, unto his spirit, unto his word, you can't resist him. You can't resist him. You have to be completely 100% submitted unto God. Then, guess what? When you resist him, you start speaking. He's going to start running. He will run as in start terror from you. Amen. When we know his word, when we are submitted unto his spirit. I know, church. I know. I know. I lead churches too. I, I know what this looks like. We pray and we pray. You get people that, that lay hands on your head until hair gets rubbed off like me and you, brother, you know, you know? I mean, I know we do these things till we're blue in the face. We, we do these things till we're blue in the face, but listen, church, we're not wanting to do these things for no reason. We want results when we do it. We want results when we're doing these things, amen? How are we going to get results? We, we need to become people that are submitted unto the kingdom of God in everything that we do. Hmm? Oh, come on, don't get quiet in this Pentecostal church in here. We need to be submitted unto the kingdom of God into everything that we do. Then you're going to find any slight bit of resistance you give. You're going to get devils fearful. I mean, you're going to get sickness fearful. You're going to get poverty fearful. You're going to get Satan himself fearful. Why? Because they're going to know, oh, I think that one, he actually knows who he is now. He actually knows who Jesus has made him to be. And I can't come against him anymore. Amen. I mean, y'all know this verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. One of my favorites. Romans chapter 8 is probably one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free 
from the law of sin and death. Now, I, now listen, I know this, this, this verse was in the Bible, and I knew this for years, and it always confused me here, because how come if, if, the, if the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death, how come there's so much sin and death and the curse coming through the church? I mean, I know we, we can believe it because the word says it. Jesus said it, so we know, we know it's absolutely correct. Amen. I mean, Paul was, uh, was ministering by the Holy Spirit into the church at Rome. Amen. So, so the Holy Spirit actually spoke this into the church. Amen. So if we know it's in his word, why, why are we not seeing the proof of these things? Now, regardless, now regardless of what you believe on grace, if you think grace is, is your ticket, is your license to do whatever, or whatever you want to do, Regardless of your belief on that, well, I'll just ask you a question. If this is what, is this what you've been trained up, if this is what you believe, how, how is your health going for you? Like, don't, don't, don't answer me. How, how, how is your health going? How is your prosperity going? How is the inheritance of Christ being fulfilled in your life if this is the way you're believing? I, I, listen, you don't have to answer because I know the answer to it. I know, I know the answer to it. Why? Because grace didn't do away with the law of sin and death. I mean, it didn't do away with the law of sin and death. The, the law of the spirit of life in Christ, it didn't do away. It didn't cancel. It didn't, it didn't rip apart and, and, and destroy the law of sin and death. That's not what happened. That's not what the word's telling us here. I mean, that's not what the word's telling us here. I mean, what, what does it say? That the law of the spirit of life in Christ, it will supersede the law of sin and death. It'll give, it's a law that will give you something, the ability to conquer over it. Let me give you an example. Maybe I can explain this a little bit better. You know, when I was a little kid, say about six, six years old, I, I used to love to watch Superman. Well, I still love all the Avengers and stuff like that. I just don't like their filthy mouths. But I, but I, I like to watch Superman, and, and I was, remember I was sitting there running around on the couch because my mom wasn't in the room because I would have gotten in trouble if I was running on the couch. And I put this little a towel around my, my neck, right, to make a cape. And I, I tied it and made a knot, and I had like a cape flying on the back of me, and, and I, I was Superman. And I was like, you know what? You know, I, know I'm, I bet I can fly like him. Yeah, so I went up and I went on the, the outside of our garden. I climbed up the gate and I got onto the roof of the house. as a little bungalow we had there on the north side of Dallas. And I said, you know, I looked down and I was like, woo-hoo, yeah, that, that, that's high. And I said, well, we're, we're going to give this one go and see, how, see what happens. You know, so, so I took a few steps and I jumped and I went straight down to the ground. Straight down to the ground, landed on my feet. Never did it again. Never did it again. You know why? Because I found out there's something called the law of gravity. There's something called the law of gravity. And even though I probably weighed only 20 kilos, that law of gravity kicked in and pulled me straight down to the ground. Amen. But see, and, and, and with, with God, what do we do? We live, we have Dublin airport right around here. How is it that we see all these planes flying around us? You know, I'm 20 kilos, can't jump off the house and, and, and fly. How are we getting these, these 747s that, that weigh, I'll look this up, they weigh 189 tons. That's 240,000 kilos. Now, how is that thing flying around the air, but my little 20-kilo body can't jump off? Well, I probably weigh more than that now, but I can't jump off of this and start flying around the sanctuary. Why is it? Because, see, God, God spoke some wisdom into a man. He said, you know what? Here's another law. Here's a law of lift and thrust. And, see, the law of lift and thrust, what is it going to do? It will supersede the law of gravity. 
Amen. See, when the pilot gets in that plane, he doesn't get in there and say, all right, let's go on forward. And then he pushes the button and that button just takes away all gravity. and Now it can float in the air. That's, that's not what he does. No, he, he participates with the law of lift and thrust. If you can get enough thrust, enough speed going forth and then direct that speed, what happens? The plane takes off and it goes in the air. Hmm? But see, let me tell you something. If that, if that pilot stops participating, if he stops participating with the law of lift and thrust, what happens? The law of gravity takes over. You say, what does that mean? He can be flying, he can be flying all around the world and just start pulling back on those balls, decelerating. You know what's going to happen? He's going to go down. If he, loses, if he loses the fuel that he has, what's going to happen? You will immediately find that the law of gravity takes back over again. Why? Because it wasn't destroyed. No, there's just one that supersedes it called the law of lift and thrust. But see, if you don't walk in the, in the law of lift and thrust, gravity will take you violently back down to the ground and destroy you. Amen? Destroy the plane, destroy everything that's on the inside of it. This is exactly what the Lord's trying to tell us here with this law. He said, listen, I gave you the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Amen? But see, if you don't want to participate with the law of the spirit of life in Christ, there is another law that's still going to be there. Amen? It's been defeated. It's underneath your feet. But if you're going to participate with it, it will be a part of your life. Amen? Why? Because you've got to participate with the one to supersede the other. Amen. We got we to gotta participate with the one to supersede the other. You want to walk in the spirit of life in Christ, you will, you will defeat the law of sin and death. But listen, if you want to you tiptoe around with the law of sin and death, listen, church, it, you, you're going to reap the harvest of it. You'll reap the harvest of it. Mm, come on, church. Uh, listen to me here. You know, as long as we operate under this law of the spirit of life in Christ, the law of sin and power is not going to have any authority over you. Not gonna have any power over you. But as soon as we pull back, church, it don't it don't matter all the grace he's poured out upon us. Listen, church, because that grace didn't empower you to be a sinner. Come on now. His grace didn't empower us to be a sinner. His grace empowered us to be righteous, full of power, full of his anointing, full of the Holy Ghost. To destroy, you know, the works of the adversary. Amen. Not, not yield unto him. Let's, let's, let's turn here to, to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's see, you know, try to clean this up and finish up here. Ephesians chapter 4. The first start of this chapter is, is, is pretty powerful. It talks about the ministry gifts or the pulpit gifts of the church, which is powerful. But, when, but on the back side of that here in, in verse 17, he starts coming in a, in a bit of a different direction here. He says, This I say, therefore, and I testify in the Lord, that you henceforth not walk after the Gentiles, not in the vanity of their mind. Yes, and the Lord, the Lord starts speaking to us here. and He says, listen, don't start carrying on like the Gentiles. Don't stop carrying on like the people that don't know God. We need, we start carrying on like, like people of God, people submitted unto God. He says, don't, don't act like the Gentiles. See, how many of y'all know, see, back, back before the church was birthed, there's only two classes of people. You say, what were that? You had the Gentiles and you had the Jews, amen? Now, now after Christ, we have three. We have the Jews, we have the Gentiles, and then you have the church, amen, that's made up of both of them. Amen. He's saying, listen, you are now the church. Don't, 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 don't start walking like the Gentiles. And don't, you, the things you used to in the past, don't do those things anymore. Walk like people that are of God. And here in, in verse 18, he says, having understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through ignorance that is in them because of their blindness of their hearts. 
who being past feelings have given themselves up over to lasciviousness, to the works of all uncleanness and, 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 um, and greediness. Listen, church, it absolutely blows me away. You say, and what, what the church gets involved in nowadays, you say, what's lasciviousness? It's like a, an, an heightened enlightenment to, to the senses. Amen. We have people that sit here coming to church and then and sit there and we're worshiping God, lifting up our hands, giving them a hand clap of praise, giving them the offering. And then what do we do? We go around sleeping around the rest of the rest of the week. We go spend the rest of the week in the pubs, getting intoxicated and doing some of these different things. Listen, church. He says, don't act like the Gentiles anymore. Why? Because you're going to participate with a law I've already destroyed. He says, stop doing these things. Don't participate with, the, with who they are and what they're desiring to do. He says, but you, not having so learned Christ. I'm telling you, that, that's something I definitely don't want Jesus telling me. But you haven't so learned me. You, you haven't so learned the things that, I, that I've taught you. He says, if you, if you, if so be that you have, you have heard of him, or heard him, and have taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, he says, then put off concerning the former conversations of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. He says, we got to put off. How many of you know, even as Christians, we got to put off some things? Hmm? He says, you're going to have to put off. Amen. Put off what? He says, put off. Stop making choices of, of the old nature of the old man. What is the old man? The old man is what was hung up on the cross. Amen. Alongside with Jesus, what Paul, when he got this revelation, he was looking, he said, you know, he says, man, I tell you what, I have been crucified with Christ. I mean, he was sitting there looking at Jesus, seeing everything that Jesus has done for him. He said, man, I've been crucified with him. I'm, I'm hanging up right side by side with Jesus upon that cross. It's no longer I that live. But who's living on the inside of him? But Jesus, but the Christ that's living on the inside of us. He says, listen, listen, put off, take off that old man. Don't, don't yield into that old nature. He goes, you're, but you're, you, you have to make the choice. Oh, come on, church. You have to take it off like this coat right here. You have to just slip it off and don't yield unto that man anymore. You don't pull him off the cross and say, man, he, looked, he had a little more fun than, than I had over here. No, he says, you'd make the choice. You take him off. You take them off. It says, and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In verse 24, and it says, and then you put on. You take off, and then you put on. You take off, and then you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He goes, listen, once you've taken something off, you make a conscious decision, you take something off, but then you got to do something again. you got to put something on. you you got you to wrap yourself in righteousness. you got to put on the coat of righteousness, that coat of, of many colors. you you got you to strap that upon yourself and begin to walk in it in everything that you're doing. we got to make the choice, I mean, to renew our minds. we got to make the choice to put him on in everything that we're doing. He says, he says be angry. He says, be angry. Hallelujah. Be angry and sin not. Amen. How many of y'all know you can get angry? Amen. He says, don't, just don't sin when you do it. Amen. Don't, don't allow it to evolve into wrath. Amen. Anger, anger is an emotion. Just don't allow it to go into wrath. Don't, don't act upon your anger. Amen. As a matter of fact, he sits there and tells us here. He sits there and tells us here. He says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Isn't that an interesting way of saying that? Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. 
Why? Because if you start operating in wrath and you let it go sleepless and when the, when the next day comes upon, it's like sowing a seed. And what's going to happen? It's going to bring forth a harvest. It's going to bring forth a harvest in your life. But listen, church, it's not just going to bring forth a harvest in you. It's that next generation that gets to start participating with it. Hmm? They, start, they start reaping the harvest. Of it. He says, no, don't, don't, don't allow it to sow a seed. Listen, you get angry, be quick to repent, get, be quick to forgive. Amen. Even if you're wrong. I mean, I got to do this all the time with my wife because she's all the time she's wrong. Amen. What I happen, I don't, we can't, we can't allow this to go to bed at night. So what I do, I have to go to her and say, listen, I'm so, I apologize, honey, for everything that you've done. <laughs> and that's about what she does too. Laughs in my face. Amen. But we don't, we don't want to sow those seeds. Amen. Because it will produce a harvest in our lives. He says here in verse 20, uh, he says uh, in verse 26, be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down from your wrath. He says, neither give place to the devil. Well, I thought, I thought Jesus is the one that's going to stop him. I, I thought God is going to stop him. I thought, God, no, 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 no. What does the word say? You. You don't give any place to the devil. You don't give any place to the devil. I mean, I have a pastor friend of mine back in the States. He pastors a church up in, up in North Houston, and, and, and he, he likens to it like this. He used to be an outlaw motorcycle gangster, amen, a drug dealer, and a nasty character. He's about my size and weighs about 150 kilos. He's a big old boy. And he said, listen, when I was going, back before I got saved, when I was going to, to get payment, amen, for, from a, you know, from someone that someone owed me for something, he goes, all I look to do is I could just knock on that door, he said, if they just crack open the door just a little bit, he goes, my steel toe boot, I'd slip right in that crack. If I could get my, my, my steel toe boot in that crack, they were never going to shut that door. I wasn't leaving without what I came for. I wasn't leaving. I would take whatever I had because they, they cannot shut that door on me. Amen. It was a done deal. See, this is exactly what the adversary is looking for. If I can just, if I can just get you to just a wee crack, all I got to have is just a wee crack, and he's going to stick his foot in that door, and he's going to say, listen, I got the law of sin and death you get to participate with. I, I got this you get to, but all I got to do is just get my foot in the door. If you can just get the foot in the door, listen, church, we have got to be people that become professionals that slam on the door in his face. Amen. We don't, we don't answer the door when he comes knocking. Amen. We don't answer the door when temptation comes along. We don't answer the door when things start coming upon us. No, we keep that door shut. Why? Because we don't participate with his law. That man's dead. I'm not taking him off the cross. I'm, I'm, I'm surrendered 100% under the kingdom of God, and I don't participate with you anymore. We need to start speaking those things out, church. Here in verse 28, it says, let him that stole, he goes, let him, let him steal no more. He goes, but rather let him labor. I'm telling you, isn't that amazing thought right there? You know, church, instead of stealing, put your hands to something, go to work. Amen. He says, he says, he says, let him that steal, steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may give unto him that needs. Amen. He says, he says don't steal things from people. I can't give you a harvest on that. Amen. He says, don't steal. He goes, but brother, put your hands to work with something, and I will bless what you put your hands to. I will make a harvest of what you put your hands to. Mm -hmm. It says here in, in verse 29, let no more corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but rather which is good to the use of edifying, ministering grace, 
and to everyone that hears. He says, and grieve not, and grieve not, Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed unto this day of redemption. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. And how many of y'all know that the Holy Spirit is not some imaginary, mythical friend? He's not your invisible buddy that walks around with you. He's a person. I mean, he's real. I mean, me and him have a great, a great relationship. We talk regularly. Amen. He, he, he is a good person. He is a man. He is, he is actually the one that, that demonstrates the power of God. How many of y'all know that the Father, he initiates things? Amen. Jesus administrates it. And was the Holy Spirit, he's the one that demonstrates it. See, it talks about here that, that the Holy Spirit, he can get grieved, and he can get offended with the things that we're doing. Hmm? I'm telling you, church, you know, I don't know, who that, maybe that's Bill Johnson. He talks about, you know, every, you know, if you want to keep the Holy Spirit with you, you want to keep that anointing with you, it's just like, you know, the dove when it came down to heaven and it rested upon Jesus. Listen, we got to do everything. If we don't want that dove to fly off, everything you do, you have to do in step with Holy Spirit. Everything you have to do, you have to be thinking about what Holy Spirit thinks about these things. Amen. We, 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 why? Because you don't want to grieve them. Does anyone in here want to grieve Holy Spirit? I'm going to tell you, church, this is where power begins to stop in our lives when we begin to grieve him. You say, well, well how do we grieve him? With bitterness, being bitter with one another, with wrath, with anger, quarreling with our brothers and sisters, slandering you know, people. Amen. Gossiping with people. Why? Because you murder their reputation over and over and over again. I'm telling you, you're grieving Holy Spirit when we do these things. Listen, we can't speak what God's saying. Keep your mouth shut. I'll say that again because I didn't really go over too well. Listen, if you can't say what God's saying, keep your mouth shut. Why? So you don't bring forth a harvest in your life. I mean, so you don't grieve Holy Spirit. Amen, to where you can keep the law of sin and death, you know, underneath your feet and everything that you're doing. Amen. How, how do we expect to operate in the law of the spirit of life in Christ? It's the spirit of life in Christ. How can we operate in the spirit of life in Christ when we're grieving the spirit? I tell you, it's going to be very difficult, church. What is that? It's a cracked door. You know, this is what Holy Spirit's trying to teach us in this. You know, these are cracked doors. All, all it needs is a wee crack. It's a wee crack. This needs to get his toe in there. Amen? Then you're going to start having havoc in your life. Amen? Wreaking havoc. You're going to find that your, your power is being limited, not because you don't have power. Amen? you got the fullness of all power that created the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells within it on the inside of you. Amen? But you will limit it. Amen? If we begin to grieve him, we begin to participate with different laws. So here in verse 32, and I'll finish up with this, or verse 30 and 31, 32. It says, it says, let all, it says, uh, it says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you, and malice. And he says, and then be kind to one another. It says, then be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sakes, he has forgiven you. Listen, church, we need to become people that are quick to repent. Quick to forgive, quick to love people. Stop trying to see the, the evil in every person and begin to see the best in everyone. I'm not telling you to be an idiot, amen, but I'm saying look for the good things in people, amen, to where we can bring those things out of them, amen, so where they don't yield on these other things. We need to stop trying to create Jesus in our own image. Hmm? 
My wife ministered that months, months back. I'm telling you, it was probably one of the most powerful messages I've ever heard. I'm telling you, church, we have got to stop trying to recreate Jesus and do who we want him to be. Amen. And then, but begin to submit ourselves into who he actually is. Mm. Hallelujah. You say, how are we going to do these things, church? We're going we're gonna to just have to study his word. We're going to have to get under some Holy Ghost-inspired Bible, Bible teaching, amen, which y'all have at this place, glory to God, but sit underneath it, hear it, just don't come as a social event, amen, allow these things to change you, you know, so you can become who God has you to be, hallelujah, we need to yield into his molding, allow him to completely correct us, shape us, so we can be that image bearer that he's desiring us to be, and I'm going to tell you, The whole reason I went down this, this direction today is because the Holy Spirit told me. He spoke to me when I began to pray for this. Because listen, it's not, I don't have a whole lot of time because we're trying to, we just planted a new church and we have a church over there in Dundalk and there's a lot of things going on. I didn't have a whole lot of time. But when I started, when Pastor John asked me to come up here, immediately the Holy Ghost started speaking something to me. And he said, listen, he goes, there's many, there's many people there that they have some chronic health problems. There's some chronic health problems, and they, and they hear the word. They hear these things coming forth, but they don't know how to get rid of it. They don't, they don't know where, where they're missing it. Amen. This is where we're missing it. This is, it's, not, it's not because you don't know how to stand in faith. It's not because you're weak in faith. It's not because you don't know how to confess. It's not because you don't know how to pray. Amen. It's because we begin to participate with something that's not of God. Amen. You're to participate with something that Jesus has tried to put underneath your feet. He didn't try. He did put it underneath your feet. Amen. But we, but we have been yielding to these things, and he's saying, listen, church, if you can just make a slight shift, if you can just make a slight shift in what you're believing, a slight shift in your direction or your gaze and start you know, putting your gaze upon me instead of everything that's going on around you, he says, listen, I have your healing. I have your healing. I have, it's already been purchased for you. It's already on the inside of you, but you can just make that slight shift. He goes, he goes I will take care of those things, and I'll tell you, he'll take care of them today. He'll take care of them today. If, if, you, if, you, if you will yield over unto those things, if you, will, if you allow yourselves to, to, to yield unto what he has for them. Listen, church, we're going to have to be people that examine our own motives. See, we've gotten, we've gotten to this position where we're always, you know, wondering why God's not doing, God's not. No, God's already done. God's already done it. It's not God. If something's not operating in your life, listen, church, you see this finger that we're always pointing outwards, you need to start pointing that finger at yourself. Amen, and seeing why these things aren't working. Why? Because it's right here. Amen, it's, it's a hard issue. It's something we need to get shifted on the inside of us. And I'm going to tell you, church, if we, if we allow that stuff to get shifted, you'll be amazed at what God begins to do in your life. You'll be amazed at what God will begin to do in your life. Amen, what do we got to do? Romans 10, verse 27. Submit, love. The Lord your God with all your heart with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then love your neighbor. Love your brother and sister as you love yourself. Glory to God. So I want to ask you, church, as maybe we can have a, some of the worship team, Vanessa, if any of them are still around here. If not, we'll just keep on rolling with this. But listen, church, if there is, if there is anyone in this house that, that as, as, as we've been saying these things, you, you've noticed you've been harboring a few things 
You notice that you, maybe you've been harboring resentment, you've been harboring anger, you've been you know, talking bad about your brothers or sisters or, or whatever it may be. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, church, we need to get these things sorted. We need to get these things sorted. Yes, yes, even the things that are in your past, even those things that are in your past, you, you got to allow those things to be set at my feet. No, you can't have resentment toward your mother. You can't have resentment towards your father. You can't have resentment towards your friend or your family member that hurt you or your friend that betrayed you. It's time to set those things down at the foot of the cross. It's time to put those things on the cross. Lay down your resentment. Lay down your anger so you can receive each and everything that I have for you. Each and everything that I have for you. Church, we have got. Thank you, Jesus. We have got to be people that lay these things down. We can't operate. Do not keep these doors open. Do not keep these doors open. So I'm going to ask you if there's anyone in here that needs healing in their body, that you have not been able to get rid of it. And listen, church, this isn't something to be embarrassed about. This is the invitation from Holy Spirit from you to come and get these things delivered from you today. Amen. This is the only reason I came here. This is the only, I love Pastor John, but I'm telling you, this is the only reason I came here. Amen, so I'm going to ask you, you don't need to slip up your hand, all you need to do is stand up out of your chair and come up here to the front and allow us to, to minister and to allow us to pray for you, because I'm going to tell you, church, your healing's here today. Your healing's here today. If you can make that, if you can make that shift in your, in your thinking, if you can make that shift in your mind, if you can make that shift, if you can allow a metanoia, a repentance to come upon you. That'll be done today. I'm telling you, I see a whole lot of stiff faces out there. And, and I, it, listen, I can, I can leave. I got a three-hour drive back to Derry. Amen. It, does, it doesn't bother me a bit if we don't lay hands on anyone. But I'm going to tell you, church, don't miss out on an opportunity. Don't miss out on the opportunity to receive what, what God has for you. But you're going to have to make that shift in your own mind. You're going to have to make that shift to yield into what the Lord has for us. Amen. So I'm going to give you a few minutes. I'm not going to push this. I know how it goes. I know how it goes. There's one, there's one person that, that has to get up, and then, and then everyone else has the freedom to, to, to receive what they have. But listen, church, I'm going to tell you, I don't, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if you're blind. I don't care if you can't walk. I'm going to tell you, if there's things that you're harboring inside your heart, if you will let go of it today, I'm telling you, your Lord, your Savior, he will, he will correct those things. He will heal it. He will heal you. He will deliver you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. As, as you guys come up, allow your, allow your hearts to get silenced. I, I, want you to, I want you to let go of those things that, that have been stirring you. Let go of those things that have been allowing you to participate with this law of sin and death. 
Because I'm telling you, the spirit of life in Christ, he's here, he's available for you today. And here in a few minutes, we have a prayer team here. We're gonna come, we're gonna, and me and my wife, Kimberly, will come, we'll pray, and there's other people that are gonna come, we're gonna pray for you. And listen, I promise you, if you're, if you're as serious about God as you are about getting up out of that chair and coming up here, if you're serious about what he has for you, church, these things will be transformed to you today. Today.